Welcome back, loyal listeners, to the Real Japan Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kenzo. And I am Ferg. And we will be bringing you the latest headlines and goofy stories from Japan for the week uh, was today, June 3rd. Yeah, recording on June 3rd, so this will probably drop on June 5th. So, yep. yeah. Um, I guess we'll first, as we always do, we'll start out with how Ferg's week has been, and then I'll talk about my week. Yeah, my week has been good, thank you. The weather is getting quite warm. I've been trying something new lately. What do you think about this? I've been sort of trying to manage my diet more than I have been before. Like, count the calories that I'm eating and things like that and, and watch how much fat I'm eating and how much uh, you carbs. You're not a thick boy by any means. I got my podgy belly. No, I just, well, I figure... yeah. <laughs> It's not like, I mean, you're not like, you know, obese or anything. Yeah, well, I figure now that I'm in my 30s, and it's not something I've ever done before, so I'm kind of doing it on like a trial trial mm. period and seeing if it makes a difference. The interesting thing is just seeing that some foods that, you know, maybe I thought were healthy are perhaps not as healthy as I thought, and other foods, you know, can be sort of worked into diet in a healthy way. Like, for example, you know, they have these health uh, foods that are marketed like, um, instead of like chocolate bars, you have these like granola bars and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I I started looking at like the nutrition information on those, and a lot of those have quite a lot of fat. Right, right, right. Well, because aren't they... Mm. Uh, partially targeting like um, mm. like people going hiking and stuff, so you actually need a lot of calories. Like it's actually yeah, a good thing. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Have you ever sort of gone on a diet or like done this kind of um, calorie counting or anything? I I think as as many people do. Uh, I went through yeah. a. a I think a v- v- uh, veg period, or maybe it was vegan. I can't remember. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And and but but see, my reasoning was, because mm. um, I would go out with friends, right, to the restaurant or whatever, mm. and like I was always very indecisive about what to order. Yeah, yeah. And my, so all, all my friends would be like, "Come on, man, hurry up! Like, pick something." Mm. So so then I thought, well, what what if 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 I didn't eat meat, then yeah. it would make ordering a breeze because there's usually only like one or two veg items on any given menu. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'll, I'm going to be veg. Um, and so and and the the other upside was, uh, yeah, I, I was li- I was living on my own by myself at the time, mm. and it made sh- grocery shopping a lot easier. Oh, and did there it? was a yeah, I mean, well, you know, a, a it limits your options, right? Mm. I mean, because no, no meat. Um, but B, like the other upside, which I didn't realize going into it, was that 
typically like these meat substitute products or like non-meat products in general have a much longer uh, shelf life. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about yeah, that. So, uh, so, yeah, so yeah, so living by yourself, it, it's actually pretty beneficial. Like I, I, I didn't throw away any food. Mm. Was because, this in... because it's spoiled, you know? Mm. Was this in Japan or the US? Oh, this was when I was living in the US. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I have thought it would be, you know, being a vegetarian in Japan would be interesting because on the one hand, there's not a lot of understanding of it in the same way that mm-hmm. I think there is in the mm-hmm. West. But on the other hand, as I've been watching my nutrition a little bit more closely, I've noticed it, yeah. you know, there are lots of different options here, like, you know, or the tofu products, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it might be a little bit easier to get by in some ways. Yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah, like you said, I could see it being uh, easier to get by in some ways, but not so much in others, just because people aren't very aware of that lifestyle choice. Yeah. Uh, so it might be difficult. I, I mean, I, I could see going to a restaurant and just not being able to eat anything. Oh, certainly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that comes up for a lot of people that are trying to be uh, vegetarian and even more so if they're trying to be vegan. I mean, that must be oh, I don't know, not nigh impossible in this country, I would imagine. As oh, far I'm as sure. eating out is concerned. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, enough about what I've been eating. How has your week been? Uh, my week has been um interesting. I must okay. I would say um, I went to Okinawa. Good old Okinawa. Yeah, for um, I I just stayed one night. Okay. Uh, I went there. Uh, it, the state of emergency has been lifted, so although yep. it might not be the wisest choice, and I could certainly see people um, saying I'm being somewhat irresponsible, but technically mm. it's it's on the up and up, and so the um, the airlines. All yeah. around the world, certainly, are having trouble getting people to fly on their airplanes mm. uh, with all the recent events. And so, uh, at least ANA and uh, All Nippon Airways and Japan Airlines are the two major uh, airlines in Japan. And they, are, they have a, like, pretty much double miles thing going on right now. Yeah. Where if, yeah, basically you get double miles wherever you go. And mm-hmm. my goal is to build build up enough miles to where I get like elite status. Okay. And, and the way their system works is if you get it for, if you get elite status in one, if you fly enough miles in a given year, then for the following year, you get yeah. elite status the whole calendar year. Mm. Um, but then if you don't fly enough miles, you, you, you lose that status after a year, but there's like a neat little, neat little trick, okay. uh, w- where if you sign up for their credit card mm. and pay like the annual fee is it's a couple, it's a couple hundred us. So, I mean, it's not like super cheap, but as long as you keep paying the annual fee, yeah. then you, even if you don't fly at all, you get the elite status for as long as you're a card member bonus yeah so um 
I'm basically going to be going to Okinawa, I think, six times this mm. month, which will put me over the threshold for uh, elite status for next year. Good stuff. Yeah. And how will you be spending your time when you're on the island of Okinawa? Well, I mean, the thing is, since I'm trying to, like, maximize just the number of flights and minimize the number of time I actually spend there, mm. um, it's, I have the same schedule for every, every flight. But I, I, I leave on the flight, I leave Tokyo on, like, the 3.40, I think, p.m. flight. I get yeah. in at around 6.30 p.m. to Okinawa. And pretty much I just go straight to the hotel, drop off my stuff. Although mm. I don't have that much stuff. But I just drop off my backpack, basically. And um, go out and get a bite to eat and go to bed. Yep. And then my flight is at my flight back here is at 11 a.m. the following morning. And I get in at like 1.30 mm. or something. 1.32, something like that. Oh, okay, so no time to visit any World War II sites or anything like that, because I know you're a bit no. of a history buff. Yeah, history buff. Yeah, no time for that, unfortunately. Basically, I just I get in, I I eat some of the local cuisine, and then I go to bed mm. and back out to Tokyo, and then just rinse and repeat that six times. Well, it'll be worth worth it when you're chilling in the business lounge. Oh yeah, it'll be nice. Although I'll, have an, although I'll have an economy ticket, but it'll feel good. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Well, maybe in future we can do like a um, a sort of Okinawa themed episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good fun. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could, um, we could set up some cameras, broadcast live from from the beach. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so that's my week, and I'll be going back to Okinawa tomorrow. And tomorrow, because tomorrow is Thursday, and I'll be coming back on Friday. And yep, doing that whole thing. Well, good stuff. It'll be a good chance to relax and maybe read some books or something on the flight, say. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chill out. Yes, sir. Mm hmm. Oh, just quickly oh. before mm -hmm. we move on. We're was yes. the flight um empty or oh no it was yeah oh, i forgot to mention that it was it was jam-packed man was it really no no social distancing on that on that flight <laughs> oh man yeah it was um <laughs> it's not very reassuring to be perfectly <laughs> honest um yeah uh, flights in the in the u.s i think they Oh yeah. Well, I think they're only seventy percent is where they cap it capacity. Oh really? As a measure yeah. against coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. And then I think other companies, if they don't cap it, but if it's over seventy, you can take a different flight for free. I think they have basically mm. various ways for you to, uh, you know, avoid uh, being too close to other people. But yeah. but yeah, this flight was well. Well, granted, the flight to Okinawa. Uh, was jam packed. Yeah, I mean there there were pretty much no seats. But the flight back there mm. were there were a couple of empty seats here and there. But but it was still like pretty. I would say it was maybe eighty percent, eighty to ninety percent full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, surprising. So, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. 
yeah, they got to maximize their, make all their money back, or try to anyway. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, with that out of the way, I guess we'll uh, move on to Ferg's COVID roundup. Yes, sir. Coronavirus roundup. It might soon be time to stop doing these. What do you think? Well, I don't know. It's, uh, looks like it's coming back a bit these past couple of days. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. so the number of confirmed cases, uh, 17 thousand and fifty seven um as of the date that we're recording wednesday the third including 903 deaths still no cases in iwate prefecture uh, as nice. you <laughs> nice we should all move to iwate as you alluded yeah, we should, to yeah yeah so as we mentioned last week, the Japanese government ended the state of emergency. Basically, it seems like we're winding mm. down. The implication certainly being that we've passed the peak. However, yep. as you alluded to, there have been a number of new cases, a slight uptick in the pace from what we've seen recently, including in Kitakyushu, you know, in sort of southwest Japan. There were 12 right, cases right. overnight on Monday, which brought the total up to 97 people. Um, and apparently the mayor of Kita Kyushu City said that mm -hmm. they were perhaps experiencing a second wave. Yeah, what, I mean, that's what they're saying, yeah. That's what they're saying. What do you think about that? I thought maybe it was a little bit early to say that it was a second wave, but, well, I'm sure he's well, being advised yeah, by other professionals. Uh, right, certainly they have uh, professionals uh, make, mm. making these uh, assessments. Mm. But from from the layman's perspective, it seems a bit um, premature, I think, to be drawing those kinds of conclusions. Um Especially in Tokyo, because the state of emergency only got lifted maybe about a, a week. It's been about a week now, I think. Yep. I think it was yeah, just before we recorded last week's episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the experts say that it takes about two weeks for people after they're exposed. Yep. Yeah, so at this point... Um, yeah, uh, maybe Kitakyushu is a bit different because theirs was lifted about two weeks ago, I think. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, in in Tokyo, it, like it doesn't really make much sense that they're to to place blame on lifting of the state of emergency because it hasn't been long enough to actually see what the effect that that has had. I guess. Yes, that's that a good point. Sense. Yes, certainly. Yeah. Yes, that's a very good point, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, there has been a small rise in, in cases in Tokyo. I think there were 34 confirmed cases in the past day, which is right, right. the first time since May 14th that there have been more than 30 mm. in a single day. Yeah, Al although the, the mm. number of cases for today uh, mm. was... 12 or 13 something like that so it's, yeah. it's 
gone gone back still not in single digits but it's kind of gone back down again yeah the however the mayor of tokyo yuriko koike quite an interesting figure we haven't talked much about her on this podcast but she's somewhat divisive japanese politician yeah Mm. she issued a kind of tokyo alert if this situation yes sir if the situation continues, we might go back to some of the measures urging people to stay inside. I'm not 100% sure what the Tokyo Alert means. I do know... Yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what it means either, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yes. Well, I know it means they're changing the color on the rainbow bridge to yeah, red. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're making the bridge red and they're making the, uh, what's it, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government building red. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. I suppose it's a kind of awareness raising um, measure. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, I believe that it doesn't really mean anything in the sense that there, like, nothing happens. Yeah. Because of it, it's just, it's just the government saying, "Hey, uh, things aren't still, things are still not hunky dory." So. Yes. Uh, keep practicing that social distancing i i I guess that's what it boils down to yes exactly the other sort of there there has been an an interesting piece of corona related news this week which i don't want to go into too much detail in now because it's quite convoluted but it might be a subject for a future episode have you heard about this there has been a lot of criticism about the way the government has outsourced the payment of subsidies to businesses and basically they yeah, uh, yeah outsourced it to this that, council yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the council is is called the service design engineering council and it seems that this council which is quite small only you know 20 people or so was set up by Dentsu Pasana and Transcosmos and then after they outsourced all the paperwork related to the payment of these subsidies, the council outsourced it back to Dentsu, and the Dentsu outsourced yeah. it to the other companies involved in the founding. It seems, it all seems quite dodgy, and as I said, convoluted, yeah. which is why I don't want to go into it in detail now. But Yeah, basically it, just, it boils down to, there's, I, I don't know, Four, four or five different major companies and former executives from all those companies started their own it's basically like a shell company because they don't really do yes. anything and yeah. Yeah. this shell company gets big government contracts and then they take a cut and just outsource everything to their former companies where presumably their bros still work there right yes exactly exactly and then everyone just keeps taking a cut and outsourcing and for like there's like i think there's three or four different layers of outsourcing that go on and no one no one along the way is adding any value they're just taking a chunk out of the top exactly throwing it throwing it down the line yeah yeah yep exactly the um as I said, that will be an interesting story. Maybe we can talk about it next week once we've had time to read about it. It's only come out in the past day or so, hasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, this past, uh, yeah, past day or two. Yeah, it's really, um, really been hit, hitting the news with that one. Yes, sir. Um, also, most households still have not received their Abeno masks. The, the masks yeah, we haven't. from the government. Nope, neither have I. Um, Although, granted, they're prioritizing hmm. the elderly, right? That's that's what I've heard. Yes, sir. Yes, we're not a uh, yeah, priority, yeah. I suppose. Right, right. Although the Asahi newspaper did have a an interesting kind of front page article a few days mm. ago that had that was quoting the president of Cure, a big kind of manufacturing company here, mm-hmm. and it was talking about how the government apparently was prioritizing quantity over quality, talking about some of the difficulties of sort of manufacturing all those masks so quickly well they sure don't seem to be getting them sent out very quickly if they're even if they're assuming they're prioritizing quantity yeah exactly so perhaps all a bit farcical we're all just finally getting our masks as normal masks returned to supermarkets and the state of emergency comes to an end yeah and and you know i i think we uh i think we said this would happen too when uh yeah. when when this when this whole idea of giving everyone free masks was first introduced and i think we did a little little bit on it on this podcast and yeah i remember i remember us saying that yeah by the time we actually get it we probably won't need it anymore yeah and yeah. uh it, it looks like that is what is going to happen yeah we should be in charge of the policy yeah we should um, well, just the final point in the coronavirus roundup. So as of May 15th, so a few weeks ago, 40% mm. of local municipalities had begun distributing the 100,000 yen sort of special money or special benefit, I suppose, designed to help people cope with economic stress caused by the coronavirus. I just got my form this past week in the post saying, you know, oh, you did. Yep, please complete this and return it, and we'll pay you some money between now and August. Jack shit, man. Have you? Yeah, nothing. I haven't gotten anything. Oh dear. Like, like, uh, and when I say that, I mean I haven't even got the form. Hmm. Yeah. 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 This is this is another thing too. That's just a it's a goddamn disaster. I mean the the people that like really need this money to yeah. pay the rent mm. right i mean the people that are really in need yep i don't know if they're going to get it before they get evicted you know what i mean that's a very good point there is like it's just a, it's a shitty reality yes you're absolutely right i did read an article this week as well saying that the there's a lot of pressure on the moment at uh on the social welfare services the kind mm, of base mm. level of benefits they call it here is Seikatsu Hogo, design, you know, basic sort of lifestyle protection, I suppose you'd call it, like mm, to just to ensure that people can at least pay rent and feed themselves. But right, right, right. Apparently, according to this article that I read, there's been more and more people claiming it, and with the result that the systems for, you know, taking new claims are sort of not meeting demand and as you sort of alluded to there, it does seem like this is causing a lot of hardship for people as they can't pay their rent and they're struggling. And this 100,000 yen 
payment certainly doesn't seem to be helping based on the timing of it. Yeah, it's true. Like, I, I, if it were up to me, which which is not, but mm. like if 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 it were up to me, I would say. So many people file their taxes every year. Yep. So at the at the very least, to cut down on the amount of paperwork involved, just if. If someone filed taxes and got a refund, mm. then you have their bank account info on file. Yeah. Right? Because because it's a direct deposit to get your tax refund. So at the very least, just for those people, just use the same bank info and, and toss it in there, you know? Yes, sir. Certainly. And, that, and that, that alone would cut down the significantly i think the amount of trouble that the that city hall has to go through to process all these payments yes or i mean anyone can go to city hall with the proper sort of identification and be issued like a statement of residence so they can prove that you that you live there so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know they could just make a big checklist basically and if you go to city hall yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just there are so many ways where they could make it very quick and efficient to get these payments out to a great number of of the population. But since everyone has to do it a certain way, it just creates this mess that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know when I'm gonna get my check. Yeah, um, and it's, yes. and it's fine for me yeah. because I don't have. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't have any uh, any concerns about getting kicked out of my house, but yeah, for for a lot of people, I mean, this could this is a, a make or break kind of situation. Exactly. Yes, for some people, it can be very serious indeed. I mean, the measures to combat the coronavirus have made for good headlines, but it's, I'm not sure how much it's actually helping the people that, that need it most. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the people that need it most are, which is the unfortunate reality that this, this, um, this, this world uh, creates, is that the people that need the most help are often the, the ones that get it last. Yes, sir. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh well, that was a uh, slightly downbeat, slightly cynical coronavirus roundup for this week. Yeah. Shall we move on to a couple of uh, stories? All right. Well, let's uh, let's lift up the spirits then. With uh, I got a, a nice news article here. Okay. One that one that I'm excited about personally. Okay. In Kanagawa Prefecture, mm. the city of Yamato, Yamato City, okay. which uh, is about an hour south of Tokyo, the city hall is going to try to pass a new city ordinance that will make it a crime to text while walking. And... Granted, there is no penalty, so mm. the, you know, the the cops will give you a hard time, but there's no there's there isn't a fine or anything involved. Mm. But it will be technically illegal to 
be uh, texting or you know uh, using your phone uh, while you're walking in a public area. If you want to use your phone, you got to stop. Yep. And make sure you're not in the way of traffic, obviously. Um, but basically stop somewhere safe and operate your phone and then start walking again. Okay. And the reasoning for passing this law is, well, people aren't paying attention when they walk. And they did a study in January uh, in, in the city of Yamato. They did a study. And of the approximately 6,000 um, passerby that they monitored, uh, 12% were using their phones while they were walking. Uh, which I thought was, was rather low, to be honest. I thought it yeah, was higher. One in ten, not not high at all. It... Yeah, or one in one in eight, I guess. Yes, yeah. sorry, yes. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I thought it would have been a bit higher than that. Yeah, certainly. But uh, well, well, you know, granted, it's it's a bit more rural this area, so there might be a higher percentage of um, maybe older people that aren't as glued to their phones. Mm, mm. Um, but in any case, uh, if, if the law passes, it will go into effect on July 1st. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do you think about that one? Well, I think it's overall not a bad thing. It is certainly annoying when people are using their phones and walking and it could be dangerous mm. as well. I think there is a legitimate yeah. danger. What? Yeah, there, there is a legit safety concern, yeah. I'm just not sure if it needs to be legislated for. It seems a bit much, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree. That, yeah, it, it shouldn't have to be legislated, certainly. Mm. Um, what? But people, people just don't have any manners these days. That is certainly true. Yeah. What if you're just uh, using, like, the Maps app or something like that, you know? Hmm. Well, I think it, it's similar to the um, texting while driving law, mm. which is a proper law, and you can get fined, you can get a ticket if you're texting while driving. Um, yeah. But the, the the law also recognizes that people use maps like to, to navigate on their phone. Yeah. So basically, it it come it comes down to it's kind of at the. Uh, at the authority's discretion on whether to to ticket you or not. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So pr- presumably, if if you're if you're not if you're not moving your thumbs around, yeah, then you're probably okay. What if you haven't just looking at it to you know navigate? What if you're messing around on your Apple Watch? Oh yeah, that gets a bit complicated, doesn't it? Yes, sir. What if, Pro- pro- yeah, I think you'll probably be okay. I would think. Do you think? What if you're playing your Nintendo Switch? Ah uh, ha ha! That's that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. Nintendo. Because you're right. Or what if you're reading a book? Huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, or a newspaper. Mm, I don't know. You'd have well, we we can call them and ask. Yeah, <laughs> be like, hey, can I still read a book? Yes. <laughs> I wonder if it has any link to the story that we talked about a few weeks ago, where people were bumping into. 
others and then saying that they had knocked their phone out of their hand and asking oh, for compensation. Yeah, that whole thing. That mm. kind of scam. I don't know. I mean, it, it could possibly be linked somehow, mm. but I kind of, I kind of doubt it that there's any real connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, the issue of people walking while using their phones does seem to be something that is, you know, viewed as a problem. Increasingly, yeah, I think that's a that's a global phenomenon, man. I don't know. Yeah, you go. To, Go to Tokyo and London, I'm sure. LA. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's just got their faces glued to the screen walking around. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes. Yeah, uh, I don't like it one bit. No. But maybe I'm just old. No, I know what you mean. I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I often listen to you know, podcasts and things while I'm walking mm-hmm. and even, right, right, right. You know, so I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of this too, but even, even when someone just has headphones in or earphones in, um, you know, it can reduce your situational awareness quite a lot. I find. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Mm. Well, so long as people aren't inconveniencing those around them, eh? Watch out any listeners yeah, if you're going yeah, to... Was it Yamato City? Yeah, Yamato City in Kanagawa. Yeah, watch out any listeners visiting there. Yeah, be careful. Although, mm. like I said, there's no penalty, so someone will yell at you and that's it. <laughs> well, I suppose that's not too bad. Is that like riding yeah, could be worse. a bicycle drunk in Japan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Same idea. Yes, the drunk, drunk driving, <laughs> drunk. Well, driving. Do you drive a bicycle? Uh, riding, I guess. Is that riding? Okay, yeah. Drunk riding. Yeah. Yes. The the cops can tell you to stop, but there's no penalty. Yes, sir. Hmm. Well. But anyway, that's uh, that's that's the end of my story. Short and sweet. Just how we like them. Hmm. So my story is not really a news item and it's not too in-depth. It's more of an opinion piece that I read and it's about our, fav- okay. our favorite topic, the Tokyo 2021 Olympics. Oh boy. I just wanted to kind of get some of your thoughts on this because I know you're a big fan of the Olympics and cancel it. <laughs> well, <laughs> so this um, article was by a, I think it was by a professor at a university. It was on an okay. opinion site run by Asahi newspaper. And this, the author of the article, of the opinion piece, was saying that they should cancel the 2021 Tokyo Olympics and use the money yeah. to fund anti-coronavirus measures. Well, okay, that's... Not unreason, not totally unreasonable. Well, he did bring up some interesting talking points. You know, I think there was already a lot of sort of debate in Japan about whether the Olympics should be held in in twenty twenty. You know, there were many people who were against it, saying it was a waste of money and, mm-hmm. and Japan couldn't afford it. But I think, on the whole, yep. public perception 
was fairly positive toward Japan holding the Olympics. Would you say that? Or do you think I'm overestimating the support for the Olympics? Uh, oh, yeah, certainly. I'm definitely in the minority. Yeah, yeah. With my, my anti-Olympic views. But the pendulum might now have swung, perhaps. So some of the talking points that this uh, professor mentioned. So apparently the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is going to demand, you know, many extra, the, the payment of many extra sort of fees and expenses from Japan to hold the Olympics oh, right. in 2021. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking kind of in the billion, hundreds of billions of yen range, like in the billions of US dollars. And right, right. This is likely to come on top of, you know, very significant extra expenses already associated with the Olympics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a result of this delay and also the preparation um, or measures to counter the, the virus, which may still need to be taken in 2021. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, it's a kind of two-way, or a double, what would you call it? Like, they're getting hit on both sides as well, because on the flip side as well. So in addition to extra expenses, it seems likely that the revenue or the income from the whole games will be perhaps significantly reduced as a result of the coronavirus. Right, because people aren't going to want to come anymore. Or just people aren't not that they don't want to come to Japan necessarily, but they just don't want to travel in general. Yes, exactly. Well, and yes, yeah. So, in terms of you know international travel, as you said, we would expect that to be subdued. In terms of fans mm. in the venues, if there are still measures in place to counter the virus, you know, we've had like the Ministry of Health, Labour and Wealth Welfare talking about kind of like new ways of living mm-hmm. almost. You know, they right, they talked right, about right. trying to maintain like a space of at least a metre, preferably two metres between people. So if you think about that in terms of a stadium, it yeah. means the stadium being filled to a fraction of its full capacity. Right. Um, yeah, you're probably talking it's probably at one half Exactly. Another option would be yeah. to put sort of plastic sheets between the seats, but that requires a huge expense in itself. Oh, yeah. So basically each seat is like partitioned off? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no way, man. And you still have the crowds when you're, you know, lining up to exit the, to enter and to right, exit the right, venue. right, right, right. You know, again, we don't know what the situation is going to be in regard to the virus in one year's time, but if people are still conscious of infection and still taking measures to address this, and particularly if the, mm. um, you know, the Olympic Committee in Japan wants to be seen to be holding the Games in a responsible way, they might have to consider some of these measures. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you've got the reduction in the uh, fees that sponsors are prepared to pay. You know, if they see on the one hand... Yeah, yeah, there's that, yeah. Yeah, if they see that the games are kind of looking a little bit subdued, if there's not the same level of excitement, perhaps travel restrictions still in place in some parts of the globe, um, and the fans are subdued, and then they're also facing this kind of the long-lasting economic effects of the coronavirus, you know... 
Yeah. We had Toyota, for example, one of the major, like the headline sponsors of the Olympics. They, when they released their results recently, they said that they forecast operating income to be down almost 80% next year. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're a huge, massive company. And, you know, if they're facing this kind of situation, then what about the smaller companies? You know, that Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I mean, the figure that this, the author of this article that I read mentioned in the article was perhaps looking at around, you know, 4.5 to 5 trillion yen. Mm-hmm. In total, mm-hmm. when we include all the additional kind of expenses uh, related to the Olympics and like the indirect expenses as well. Uh, but this, right. this is money that could be spent, you know, for example, on medical institutions. We talked a bit about the, at the top of the program, the, you know, helping out people who have been severely affected by the coronavirus helping out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. small businesses you know is it suitable to hold the olympics in in 2021 what do you think about that well i've always been quite against the idea yeah in the first place um and and the, the reason why i i don't I'm not enthusiastic in the least about the Olympics is the, the, the main reason is because I pay my taxes mm. as, as do you. Yep. And just if, if you look at places that have held Olympics in the past, yep. I, I think that there was a, there was a study on it, but the uh, n- nearly all of them lost money. Like it's an it's an it's a net yeah. negative for the economy of the country where it was held. Yeah. yeah. So as as a taxpayer, I just feel like they're they're literally wasting my money that, yeah. that I pay every year because I have to. And they're just taking my money and just flushing it down the drain. And I and and you can make the argument that well i mean that may be true but it it it's like a morale booster right so it's mm. yeah the, the cost is justified right and if if that's your argument then i i think i think it is a valid argument um that because it's certainly people were very excited about the olympics in this country i'm not going to deny that yeah um but yeah i just feel that it's and and maybe you know, if I was more into like the Olympics as as a sporting event, yeah, then I would probably feel differently. But personally, I don't really care too much for the events. Um, yeah, and and that coupled with the fact that I, I mean I, I do I do watch the Olympics whenever they're on mm. every couple of years, mm. um, but I, like. If someone else is willing to, ho- if someone else is willing to take the hit financially, yeah, then, then it's like be, be my guest, you know, because I'll, I'll still get to watch the same the same uh, content, but someone else foots the bill. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, it's like a win win, right? Uh, is, is the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I was living in London for the Olympics in 2012, 
And mm -hmm. I mean, it was fantastic, like the atmosphere in general. And right, right, yeah. You know, I was very excited for the Olympics. You know, prior to the coronavirus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now I would say, kind of in view of a lot of what you've mentioned, you know, the sort of points that this article raised about the expenses associated with the Olympics. I'd say I'm more kind of neutral now. You know, I'm mm -hmm, looking forward mm -hmm. to it for the same reasons that I am before, but I'm wondering whether it is, you know, appropriate to hold them. Do you think maybe kind of in the same way that like my feelings are changing a little bit, do you feel that maybe like opinions are changing in Japan as a whole? You know, certainly a lot of the coverage lately has been focused on coronavirus. So it's a little bit difficult to judge feelings about the Olympics lately. But do you think people are more negative or more cautious about it these days? Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I think um, mm. more, I think, yeah, people are definitely not as enthusiastic as they used to be. Um, I think especially in light of the fact that by and large, Japan has done pretty much one of the best jobs in the world um, at now, assuming the numbers can be believed, obviously, but mm. they're pretty much like top top notch in preventing this thing from getting totally out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas you've got other countries like uh, I mean, the U S is a mm. great example, Brazil, where it's just like, they like, it's just not a good situation in, in those countries right yeah. now. Yeah. And especially, yeah. I mean, in light of that, I think the Japanese people are definitely more wary of, because they've done such a good job that if they if they open the doors and let all kinds of people from all kinds of different countries flood in, then it'll destroy everything they work so hard to to protect. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm 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 certain that there are there's a not insignificant number of people that have you know, taking that into account maybe mm. slightly shifted their views toward, like you said, maybe they don't see it as negatively as someone like me but yeah. some but they're definitely less enthusiastic and maybe more and more taking more of a neutral stance yeah 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 we might i mean one factor that might affect the coverage of this is there's um i think there's a tokyo sort of governor uh, election in july so they might be trying oh is it okay i think so yeah i'm not 100 percent on that but they could be sort of suppressing coverage. I don't mean in any kind of cover-up way. I just mean in general, sort of not really talking about the Olympics so much mm -hmm, until mm -hmm. once they, you know, Koika has that uh, election safely yeah. under her belt. And I can see it, it. It's probably a smart political move too, because yeah. if you start talking about the Olympics right now as a politician, then then people are gonna give you a lot of shit for it because oh there are more important things to worry about you know why are you talking about this so that's probably a smart move oh certainly yeah well yeah it, well yeah. it will be interesting to see if you know we do see more discussion on this as the coronavirus situation hopefully continues to to sort of calm down to recede mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that, yeah, yeah. that election uh, is out of the way then we might see more debate and it'll be interesting to see if the tone of the debate later this year has changed from you know from the sort of mostly positive discussion of the olympics 
mm-hmm, mm-hmm. prior to the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Um, guess that about wraps that one up. Yes, sir. Okie dokie. Well, um, it's uh, been a little bit over forty-five minutes, so maybe we can we can call it here. That sounds good to me. Yep. Okay. So, uh, as always, you can find us on the Instagram or the Twitter. Our username is Real Japan Guys for both of those. Uh, you can check out our website at thereal.jp or email us at mail at thereal.jp. You can find this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And uh, we will, we were thinking about doing maybe some more non-podcast well not more because we haven't done any but uh some some non-podcast type content so if uh if you have anything that you'd like to see or hear in, in that respect uh please uh feel free to let us know and we'll take that into consideration um but with uh with that being said i guess we will see y'all again next week goodbye listeners All right, bye-bye.